for saving us from our sin, from saving us from the darkness of sin. We say thank you for rescuing us from, from our sin. And Father, we ask that you would just show us what maybe for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time, but in a very fresh and real way, just what you have rescued us from, what you have saved us from this morning and that you did all the work. Let, let us highlight that as we go to your word, that you do all the saving, you do all the performing, you do all the work, thank God. And so Father, as we continue to worship you, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear hearts to embrace the gospel to bring about joyful obedience would you give us critical minds to 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 process what it is that we're you're you have you're challenging with us so father would you do that for us we pray these things in your name jesus amen well uh and Christmas Eve, it, it is two weeks away. I mean, two weeks from this Sunday. Uh, and speaking of Christmas Eve, because it is a Sunday, we, we got a little different schedule for that morning. Uh, we have three services on Christmas Eve. We have a, a, a noon, a two o'clock, and a four o'clock. You say, well, those are two hours. No, no, no. It's only an hour long service. We need an hour to reset, okay? Um, and plus, we're gonna have lots of kids in here, so... You know, I, I'll go about 10 minutes, okay? Uh, but uh, we're gonna have communion and, and candle lighting. And, and so they're all identical services. They're one hour each uh, at noon, at two, and at four. And you said, well, why, why'd y'all adjust the schedule? Well, uh, the Cowboys play at 325, okay? <laughs> and so uh, we're not idiots, and uh, believe it or not. So uh, you have two opportunities uh, to come uh, to Christmas Eve service and then get home for that 325 kickoff, okay? Uh, or to unwrap gifts or whatever you're gonna do. So I uh, hope you'll join us there. Um, today, uh, remember, uh, you know, we're, we're one week ahead of the entire world when it, uh, it comes to Advent. Uh, we got the jump on that so that we could do three or four full Sundays. And so today we, we are celebrating uh, the word, you know, the, the coming around the word joy. And, uh, so, you know, somebody asked me, uh, hey, why is the joy candle pink? And I said, I don't know. Uh, let me Google that. And the reason why, it, it's actually rose colored, and it's the liturgical color that represents joy, okay? So, uh, so for whoever asked me that, that, that's the answer, okay? I did a little research, well, I should have been singing. Uh, but uh, but we're, we're coming around the word joy this morning and um, as, we, uh, as we celebrate our Advent series. So now, there, there's something about us, and, and I, I think we all know this, but I, I mean, it's definitely true about me, but is, you know, it, may, it may or may not be true about you, but there's something in us that doesn't really want to owe anything to anyone, Right, I mean, there, there's just something in us that that uh, we don't want to be indebted to anyone. There's some, there's something in us that we want to do our part, and so uh, maybe maybe you go out to uh, out to dinner 
with somebody or maybe you're gonna go to lunch with somebody during the week or maybe after church today. Uh, and when the bill comes, they say, oh, hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy you lunch. I'm gonna buy you dinner. And when they do that, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. Uh, they say, no, no, I insist. And then what, it, what typically do we come back with? We typically come back with, well, at least, at least let me pick up the tip. Okay, let me pay the tip. Or, or we say, or, okay, you get this time and I'll get what? Next time. Yeah, okay, you do it too, right? I mean, there's just something about us because I can't let you buy my meal and pick up the tip, right? I mean, because I, I wanna do my part. I have to do something or at least promise to do something the next time. Well, we bring that line of thinking uh, into Christmas, okay? And, uh, and what's the worst thing that could happen at Christmas time that's not in-law related, okay? Uh, now, the, the worst thing that could happen at Christmas time is somebody gets you a gift, but you don't have them a gift, right? And so what do we do in that terrible situation? I'll tell you what we do, we lie, okay? That, that's what we do, we lie. And we, lie, and we say things like, oh, you shouldn't have. And we're really thinking, oh, you shouldn't have because I really didn't, you know? And, and, we, and we say, oh, well, uh, you know, thank you for this gift. I got yours, but it's not wrapped yet, okay? And then we, we go to our phones and we, but it's, it will be as soon as I buy it, you know, kind of deal. Um, or, uh, and we all know this is gonna happen. So, I mean, just know, be aware. We know that there's gonna be a person that's gonna give us a gift, okay? But we don't wanna commit too early to their gift, right? Because we don't want to undergift them, okay, based on what they give us. And we certainly don't want to overgift them based on what they give us. And so, there's just something about us that, that wants to, you know, do or, you know, wants to uh, not be indebted to anyone that we, you know, we want to, you know, uh, you know, settle the score. We want to make things right. We want to even things out. And when it's just dinner um, or lunch, you know, that, that, that's one thing. But when we bring that line of thinking into our relationship with God, it messes up a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, and we all do this to some degree. We all, uh, you know, there's something that, that, that's in us that we want to settle the score with God, that we want to kind of even things out, that we want... We want God to think that, you know, yes, I needed to be saved, but he didn't really have to work that hard to save me. You know, there's just something in us. And, and so we do this little gift exchange with God. You know, we, we, we start saying things like, um, well, God, remember when I did this for you back in the summer, and so now I need you to do this thing for me now. Or, or God, do you remember when, uh, you know, I, I gave this money for this project and so it's time to pay, for you to pay up now. Remember all these good things? Remember, you know, God, I've been coming to church. I've been to church six out of the last, 
you know, 12 weeks, okay? I'm batting 50%. That would get me 70, you know, $7 million a year in the MLB. But, but now it's time for you to settle the score with me. And we do this little gift exchange with God. And we come to God based on, you know, I've done my part and, you know, I've attended church and I've given my money and, and we make this assumption. And here, here's where this whole thing goes wrong. We make this assumption that we think God views us through the lens of our goodness. That we think God views us through the lens of our goodness and we think if I'm good enough, then I'm in. And the message of Christmas is the complete opposite of that. And today as we continue to to look at the Christmas story, I want us to highlight one life-changing word. And we've sung about it. Every, every song that we've sung so far is highlighting this one theme, this one word. That's what I love about Caleb and the team as they lead us in worship. We're not just singing random songs. They've read the scriptures. They prayed through it. They've chosen songs to you know, clear the pathway for the Holy Spirit to come and speak his word to us. And, and so, the, the, and this word has the potential to take all of the ought to, all of the have to, all of the guilt out of religion, and it would change the way you and I deal with God. So if you brought your Bibles this morning, I wanna invite you to turn to Luke chapter two this morning. Luke chapter two is uh, we continue to look at the Christmas story as we come around this word joy and what that means for us. So if you didn't bring your Bibles, we'll put it up on the uh, uh, screen for you. You can pull it up on your phone, but Luke chapter two, here we go. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Okay. So let's stop right there. Apparently, um, th- there's something uh, terrifying when, it, when an angel shows up. I mean, these are fierce created creatures, okay? So apparently when this angel appears to the shepherds at night, it wasn't some fat baby in a diaper playing a harp, okay? There's nothing, there's nothing scary about that. But this, this, this creature, this angelic creature shows up and the glory of the Lord, the perfection of the Lord, the holiness of the Lord, the, the, uh, you know, the ultimateness of the Lord is, is shining around them and they are terrified. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And so there was, there was something in these guys that expected bad news from God. There was, some, there was just something, and maybe it was the way they were treated um, you know, in society because shepherds, they were outcasts, they were dirty, they were filthy, they were smelly. Uh, you couldn't trust a shepherd. You know, by, by, by law, by Jewish law, a shepherd could not testify on your behalf in court that their testimony was considered illegitimate. And so they've been hearing bad news their whole life, and they expected when this angel sent by God would have bad news for them from God. So he says to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
In, in other words, th- this news, it, it has nothing to do with anybody's goodness, okay? It, 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 this, this isn't good news for good people, okay? Uh, this isn't good news for just the Jewish people. This isn't good news just for church-going folk. This is good news for all the people, okay? All the people. Say that with me. All the people. Now, now, if you fall under that category of all the people, we're not talking about goodness. We're not talking about uh, religious background. We're not talking about church attendance. We're talking all people. If you fall under that category, raise your hand. Okay. If somebody's not raising your hand, wake them up. Okay? Because all of us fall under that category, that this is good news for all the people. In other words, this is an all skate, okay? Here we go. Says, verse 11, today in the town of David, a what? There's the word. Underline that, highlight that, hang on to that word. Today in the town of David, a what? has been born to you. He is the Messiah. In other words, he's the one that we've been waiting for that's been promised to us, that God promised to send to the people of Israel for generations, that we've been waiting that he would redeem or rescue the people of Israel. It says, for today in the town of David, a what? A savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Now, This is how well God knows you and I and the human heart. That God knew what, God knew that what we needed, we didn't need a coach. He didn't send us a coach, okay, to coach us up and to help us perform better. He he didn't send us a helper to help us kind of through the difficult days. He didn't send us an encourager because You know, nobody ever gets tired of being encouraged. He didn't send us an an administrative assistant to help us, you know, with our to-do list. God says, I'm making an announcement here and it has nothing to do about trading or purchasing or buying or earning or performing, but I'm sending a savior. I'm sending my son to get you out of the mess that you're in because of sin that, by the way, you and I have willingly engaged in. We've willingly, we've been a willing participant in sin that has separated us from our heavenly father. And God says, I'm doing the whole thing. And that's why it's good news. Amen. Man, you guys are getting a hold of this. Amen. I love it. Week after week. One of these days, I'm not going to have to cue you. But we're working on it. Thank you, Carl. I always count on Carl. But if this ever gets from our heads and into our hearts, that God sent us a Savior, it truly will be good news of great joy. So let's go back to this incredible verse 11. It says, today in the town of David, a has been born to you and he is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, a lot of times we read that, myself included, you know, we read that, that a savior is, is the Messiah, the Lord. And, and we're like, 
<sighs> what else you got? Because, you know, we, we're like, you know, preacher, I, I already knew that, okay? I, I, I mean, I already knew that coming into that. I've heard that a hundred times. In fact, I've got 10 that says, you say that at Christmas Eve, all three services. Yeah, you know, I, I, we've got mangers all over the house. You cannot go into one room, preacher, without a manger. In fact, we even got the manger where Santa Claus is taking a knee. He's bowing down to cute little baby Jesus. We even got that one. So, so this whole savior thing, I've heard it my whole life. It really doesn't do anything for me. And this is so important. Because if we never come to grips with the fact that indeed we need saving, that we are separated from our heavenly father because of sin. This whole thought of God sending a savior that we celebrate at Christmas time, it's a big yawn. It's, it's, it's boring. It's who cares? Or even worse, we see it as threatening. What do you mean I need saving? Are you saying, are you saying that I'm not good enough? That's exactly what the Christmas story is saying, is that none of us are good enough to save and rescue ourselves. And the problem is, there's a lot of people, maybe some of us, definitely some people we know, that don't even know they need saving. They don't even know they need rescuing. Hence, several years ago, I was, uh, I was at the stoplight of the intersection of uh, Cooper Street and Pleasant Ridge. You know, the Madeline is over here, the Madeline, and that guy is on the corner, you know, doing that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So um, that guy's got some energy now. Uh, and, and, and so I, I'm sitting there, and I'm at that red light, and, you know, Across the street, traffic, they're at the red light, and, and the lady who's first in line, I mean, there's just smoke coming out of her car from underneath her car. And uh, she doesn't realize it. She's, she's not paying attention. I mean, you can tell she's on her phone. And uh, the guy who's parked behind her, uh, he gets out of his car, and he runs up to her door to try to let her know, hey, there's smoke coming out of your car. It, I mean, you know, she gets startled, and she's trying to you know, make sure her door's locked because she thinks she's getting carjacked. And I'm, I'm seeing all this, you know, play out, you know, and there's the guy over there going, you know. And so, you know, she kind of freaks out uh, because she doesn't know what's going on. The light turns green. She goes about 10 feet and the car stops and just smoke is coming out from everywhere. I mean, it's obvious that something is on fire, Right. She realizes it, and then, you know, she unlocks her door and allows the guy to help her because she now she realizes that she needs saving. Now, if I was an old traveling southern evangelist, I might take that story a little differently, different direction. It might kind of sound like, by the time you smell the smoke of hell's fire, it's too late. Jesus was standing at the door to rescue you, to save you, but you said no. And now you are damned to hell for all eternity. 
<laughs> now, now, I'm joking. Some of you are like, man, we need a little bit more of that around here. So, some of you are like, that's why I quit going to church when I was away. But, he, but here's why this is so important. Some of us don't realize that we need saving. And our whole Christian experience has been the thought that Jesus is trying to hijack all the joy out of life. And if I were to give him everything, that I would be left with nothing, like no money, no house, no fun, nothing. And if someone were to come up to me and say, hey, I think God is calling me to give away everything I have, I would say, I think we need to pray about that because I don't think God's gonna lead you to do that. Maybe, but let's pray, let's, let's talk about that. But a lot of us have spent years running from God either either afraid that he's, you know, and seeing him as a threat or, or bowing up and saying, what do you mean I need saving? Or, or we spent years trying to earn his good graces with our performance. And then one day a, the savior hits and we realize that we need a savior. And what was so threatening at one time has become this lifeline for us. But we have to come to an end of ourselves. We have to realize that we cannot save ourselves with our good deeds, our religious activity, or our performance. And the only way that you and I can be saved from our sin is to receive, to receive Jesus as our Savior through faith. And we said this last week that the only two things the gospel requires is Faith and repentance. Repentance is saying, yes, I have a sin problem. And my sin has separated me from my heavenly father. And I cannot earn my way. I cannot buy my way. I cannot pull myself out of my hopeless situation. And so I am placing my faith and in Jesus as the son of God that he came to live the life I can't live and die the death that I deserve and it's only by his performance do I have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And you would say, well, well, what about obedience? Well, the gospel doesn't require obedience, thank God, because we would all be doomed. But the more we embrace the gospel the more we realize just how bad we need saving, the more joyful obedience is, is produced in us. Now, as the band comes, and just to kind of finish this, our time together, let me ask you, have, have you ever been in a situation that somebody rescued you, somebody saved you. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe, maybe financially just the world fell apart on you and you were in a hole, you were in a big hole on the verge of losing everything and somebody came and they wrote you a check and, uh, and they, they saved you. Or, or, or maybe your marriage was falling apart and you've, 
you've tried and tried and tried and finally you, you agreed to go to counseling and just through God's grace and through the, God used that counselor and just really put the pieces back together that you thought would never be put back together. Or, or, or maybe you had an adult kid that was just out of control and turned their back on God and was doing all kinds of crazy things, but, but somehow, some way, a friend of theirs just kind of started pouring in and investing in them and they turned their life around. Or maybe a doctor caught something really early and uh, was just able to really bring about a, a complete health in your life. Have you ever had that happen? See, when that happens, two things occur. There's unfiltered emotion and unsolicited devotion. There's unfiltered emotion that, that every time you think about that person who wrote that check, or gave you your counseling words. Every time you think about that moment of, of how desperate things were and you didn't know which way was up, every time you think about the, the situation, you just get overwhelmed with emotion. And it may not always be tears, but at least there's this deep gratitude, this deep feeling of gratitude and thankfulness and appreciation. That's unfiltered emotion. And then there's this unsolicited devotion to this person who rescued you. That you're like, I, I, I can't, I mean, thank you is, it just falls way short, but, but here's my email, here's my cell phone. And if you ever need anything, you please call me. Man, it doesn't matter what time of day or night, 24 seven, I am at your disposal. I owe you everything. That person didn't ask for that but it's unsolicited devotion. See, when we see Jesus as our savior, that we needed saving, that's what it produces. And that, that takes all the, well, I ought to, or I should, or you know, if I don't, I feel guilty, out of the equation. And if we approach God saying, ah, this is where I was, I was dead spiritually I, I was on my way to hell and I didn't have a snowball's chance with you and then you came and you rescued me you saved me and I didn't have to do anything you've given me so much and if you don't do anything else for me Jesus saving me is far more than enough but I want to live my life for you see how different that is So today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. Father, thank you for sending us Jesus. Thank you that this really is good news of great joy. And it's not 